Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the uh, one missing oyster bar. And uh, this is the food show on 105.3 FM HD2. And here we are starting again with a few words about anything you can imagine thinking about and a few that you can't imagine thinking about, but they find up, wind up uh, becoming useful at some point. Uh, we have uh, just a piece of, of news on the front end of this, and as uh, news goes, it's, well, I've, I've read bigger, but it's still of, of significance. Uh, the uh, oyster, the Acme Oyster House, uh, the ones you're familiar with on Iberville Street, just booming like a like a the great business it is. Uh, also, the one in Metairie, very busy all the time. But they also had one in Covington, and uh, they announced today that the uh, that version of the Acme Oyster House in Covington not uh, they ended closed a on of, Sunday. <clears throat> closed. Last day of business was Sunday. Last Sunday. Well, they they told me that it is it's happened already. So don't go there again. So like last Sunday. No, closed. Just, just, so three yeah, days, it's yeah. been closed. Okay, and that's uh, that's what you'll find if you go there, which is sad. And you know what's uh, the saddest thing of all to me, because I have a uh, kind of a uh, what's the word I want to? But anyhow, uh, the Acme Oyster House, as I recall, in Covington, was uh, pretty much right in the middle of the old town, there, which is saying something. Uh, and it was there for a long time. It had neon signs all over the place, just like the Acme signs in other places. But uh, then they moved to where they are now, and they kept another location besides that, and it, that, that created the Acme Oyster House uh, on the North Shore that we are familiar with. Uh, the problem is, uh, how often do you get that way? Uh, this, I can tell you, of all the neighborhood-style seafood restaurants out there in recent times, the one that's on my mind a lot lately, just, just by coincidence, really, uh, is, is the uh, Acme that is uh, just packing the house with, with people and getting grilled oysters and uh, just everything you can imagine. Huge menu. Uh, I asked them, what is the problem here? Why would such a such a booming restaurant uh, shut down? And the answer was, uh, it's uh, 2 plus 2 plus 4, basically. Or <laughs> 2 plus 2 equals 2. Or, you know, who knows? But uh, they say that the, the, the uh, money going through the place was not enough to cover it. And so they, they closed, again, just the one in It was Covington. a business decision. A business decision. Those three words, a business decision, a, covers so much ground. That, that word of all words, corp. corp. Uh, so uh, anyhow, that's in case you were wondering, in case you heard, know this. You haven't lost the Acme. The Acme is still going to be 
on the North Shore. Nope, it's, it's not. It's going to be only on the South Shore. Oh, that, you're right. You're right. And uh, but the, anyway, the one that has been there, that's gone. Okay. So uh, anyway, uh, you go to the one on the on the in. Uh, or you can go to Metairie, New Orleans Food and Spirits. And you could go to New Orleans Food and Spirits. That's we seem always to do that too. So you might run. I into think their us. oysters are the best, actually. Um, Marianne is here today. Hi. Hi. And the panting is puppy. Say hi, puppy. Go ahead. I uh, got a tremendous amount of uh, fun seeking yesterday after the program we did. What's yesterday. That? Yeah. Yeah, we had we had almost a wild party. Uh, the thing that held that back is that can you imagine me doing a, a wild, wild party? party? Yeah. I mean, so you know that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing that. Uh, Concerns me is that I had a, I had a, a special little card that you can run through whenever you go to the Acme Oyster House. You, you run this through and then it gives you a. Oh, credit. we're back to Acme. Okay, go that's ahead. the Acme, and I think they do it at all their. They locations. can use it at the other ones now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah sure. Why not? Okay. That's, all right. Where we do we go from bid adieu here? to the Acme Oyster in Covington. Where do we go from here? There's all kinds uh, of places to go in here. Tell the molasses story that's in the almanac today. Oh. <laughs> that's a pretty wild story. Isn't this? Uh, yes, yeah. it's wild. Uh, okay, this happened. You, if you read only the story, you would say, that must have happened somewhere in New England or some or down in the in the. Well, uh, you would read the story and say that must not have really happened. Yeah. But well, anyway, I'm going to read it as written. Uh, today in 1919, a strong, enormous tank of molasses. Molasses, <laughs> you're thinking right off the bat. Here's a big blob of gunk coming down the street. That's, in fact, exactly what was going on, and you didn't want to be in part of it. But anyway, there was a, uh, a, a Boston company that uh, had a tank blowout because they molasses, tanks of molasses filled them up. They broke up, and they started moving down the street at, an, at a at – a, uh, uh, like a flash flood of molasses. Well, uh, it was uh, 100, they have 30 miles an hour. That's how fast it was moving. And it destroyed several houses and other buildings. 21 people drowned in the molasses. People would not make ginger dread or pancakes for years after that. And if that sounds like I'm just joking around, I'm not joking around on that. That all really happened, every bit of it. Isn't that wild, the things that are out there? That is wild. I can't imagine that. You know, you're walking down the street, and then there's this flood of molasses. Yeah, and, and no uh, matter how fast you how, ran. You wonder how hard it was to get that off the street. I mean, think about it. A hundred years ago, they didn't have power washers. No, that's true. And, I mean, what? I guess that rain over a period of time, I mean, here... It's like you go to California and the streets are disgusting because the filth of the city gets baked on without rain. So if it doesn't rain as often as it does here, for example, then the streets don't get clean. So they didn't have power washers back then. It must have been no? really sticky. Gosh. Was it the kind that you had to do for a while? Your own, I mean, I don't know, but uh, that seems kind of that to me that's what I think of when I think of this. How did you clean that up? Yeah. How how did that happen a hundred years ago 
with the kinds of um, rudimentary sort of electronics they had back there. How did they do that? Uh, well, I'm just glad I didn't have to do it for Yeah, them. I know. Me too. Um, anyway, 260638 is the number. It seems like I touched off a nerve yesterday complaining about the St. Claude Corridor. Mm-hmm. And even though I promised to go investigate it a little bit more, we still got emails on it. So mea culpa to, ever, to uh, all of you who I offended by saying that um, it's not my thing. Um, it's still not my thing, but uh, I, I will promise to uh, go investigate it a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we had a good show yesterday. It was kind of an interesting show, and um, hope to have another one today. Got, I won't say that depends on you, because it really doesn't, and if it does, then we shouldn't be doing this. But uh, But you're welcome to join us, and we'd love to talk to you, so if you have something to say or a question to ask, then please give us a call. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. You know, uh, this is on a completely different uh, direction. Plane, yeah. Plane. Yeah. Uh, this is something I've been noticing for about the last year, year and a half or something. Now, uh, I've spent a lot of my career doing graphic designs, magazines, newspapers, co- uh, covers of books. And, you know, uh, I know, uh, you know, that doesn't really go with the rest of the things I do, but it is something I've done since I was in my 20s. And uh, I notice type fonts when they're unusual. A font is just what uh, style the types in your in your writing or your typing. Uh, anyway, when um, when that comes along, it, it adds a certain something to what is being written. That's uh, part of the game. Design, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, I have, I'm really into that, as, as I say, because I have done it for a long time. But what is, what is strange, uh, unusual to me now is that there are lots of these uh, companies that have that kind of, uh, that kind of looks, those kind of uh, uh, design, design yeah. if you will. And uh, it's it's really uh, very very interesting. But every now and then something will pop out, and you'll say to yourself, "This may be true of everything in the whole world, but let's just try it." Oops, here it comes again. And in this case, right now, it seems to me that the menus of almost every restaurant you go to has this, with the exception of the older ones that have. And been around only for a limited amount of time, and and what you find here uh, is a look that is so distinctive with all the other uh, parts of what you're doing with your graphic, and it winds up uh, being co- covering a whole lot of territory. Uh, but to me, it tells me something about what the restaurant is going to be like, and lately. All of them, or I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not a lot, uh, all look exactly the same. And I wonder who is behind this. And you look at the stuff that they make um, menus out of. Have you noticed that lately? It's solid plastic. There's nothing in the middle. There's no paper in the middle. The the uh, number, the colors, are just uh, random. No, I haven't noticed that. 
You haven't noticed that? <laughs> I eat with you all the time. So well, no. the hell with it then. No, I haven't, I haven't noticed that at all. I think menus are actually part of the design package of the restaurant, whatever Absolutely. the restaurant is. And uh, I don't know where you've been eating lately, but we eat together most of the time, and I've not noticed what you're talking about at all. No. Nope. On the other hand... You know, all those places that have been open uh, in the in the warehouse district, where you open up the uh, the menu, it only has one fold-out, uh, one on this side and one on that, so I guess that'd be more than fun. Uh, anyway, Emerald, uh, not Emerald, excuse me, um, the, the place... Uh, Brennan's. Brennan's it had a paper menu with a fold out on either side. It was the same beautiful. Typefaces it was beautiful. That you see everywhere you go. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I don't believe that. That's not true. I anyway, today is National Curry Day. If I may get you off of that uh, mm. that avenue, today is National Curry Day. Yeah, you're a curry liker. You know, I I am a curry liker. I am yeah. a curry liker uh, of recent vintage. And um, in this almanac today, you have a lengthy dissertation on curries, which is interesting. And you go back to their origins, which is Eastern, and how American curry is different, because American everything is different. And um, I find it interesting that you say this, and it's probably true that there is a chemical component to curry that makes it addictive on the body or in the body. Mm, Yeah, I would believe that because I know that that is true of a lot of things that we eat. That's you, you like, for example, uh, I have had to stop eating uh, these collections of vegetables and, and spices and sometimes some pretty hot spices. And then, you know, kind of like stir fry kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And if I eat a pretty good bit of it, mm-hmm. sometimes I just I, I lose uh, my coordination uh, as if I, I had any or you know, of that. Uh, and it's um, it's it's strange. Well, I mean, I think things change in everyone's chemical makeup also as they get older, maybe, or at least in some people, certainly that is true of you. But anyway, um, there are a lot of different curry dishes out there. Where do you like curries locally? Uh, I think uh, Saffron Nola, which is a place I have not been to yet and I'm dying to go to. And I know that they have done a fantastic Thing by moving to Magazine Street. Wait, it's, it's uh, Saffron Nola. Saffron Nola, it's, right down the street from La Petite Grocery. They used to be on the West Bank, mm-hmm. and we went there. Oh, yeah. And yeah, now yeah. they've moved well, to a rather that. glamorous environment in the old. What was it? I'm trying to think. Oh, you know what it was? Um, the old that that French place. What was the name of the French place that was not there very long? And it, Dr. Bob was really high on it for a while, and we went there once or twice, and I will think of it eventually, but it was um, short-lived, and the place before it, I believe, was also short-lived, and now this one looks like it's going to be long-lived, Saffron Nola. Anyway, let's take a break. Two six zero six three six eight is the number you're listening to, WWL, 105.3 FM, HD2. It's the Food Show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. It's fine to be here with you every day, and we'd love to hear from you at a call. That's all you need to do. Just call us, 260-6368. 
Uh, we have a, a few questions on the table here about curries, since today is a National Curry Day. And I uh, thought I'd ask you what kind of curries are your favorite. The, the first that come up uh, are in, from India. But uh, there are currants, uh, uh, sorry, um, curries. Curries, curries everywhere you go. And uh, there, there's one that I really love. It comes from the, uh, the places out in the ocean that are wildly... Uh, uh, Curry uh, comes from the ocean? Well, no, no. In this case, there's one area... Uh, that's a lot of islands, and there is one. Oh, spice islands. I guess it could be that, but it's. Uh, but there's one variety of uh, of the uh, curries that I it, it eludes me at the moment, but it has kind of an orange, rather spicy. Oh, turmeric. Uh, turmeric, no, but okay. that's the color, right? Coriander. No, no. Turmeric. Nope. Um, cumin. Nope. Yeah, uh, you'll 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 re remember. I'm that. not gonna win a prize today. I can see that. If, if you, um, <laughs> you know, it, this is for. Uh, why, don't I, why don't I help you uh, by just reading what you have here? Okay, try it. All right. It's National Curry Day in America. Curry is one of the most misunderstood food concepts. A curry does not necessarily and probably doesn't have the flavor of curry powder, with its powerful flavors of cumin and turmeric. The word curry originated in the Tamil language is, it, as the name for a dish cooked with a special sauce, a spice sauce. That admits of an enormous variety of dishes with such widespread flavors that the word curry becomes as generic as stew or soup. Mm -hmm. A good Indian restaurant will have dozens of dishes that they call curries, each with its own distinctive ingredients and flavors. Certain ingredients do turn up in many curries, but that actual spice blend for each curry dish is unique. Some of the most common components are coriander, cardamom, black pepper, cumin, turmeric, mustard, cinnamon, and fenugreek. Cayenne and other red peppers are now also common curry ingredients. Finally, there's curry leaf, a member of the same family of trees that includes citrus fruits. Mm -hmm. All of these are roasted and ground in the same consistency, so they blend well. Curries are found in many Asian cuisines. That curries have their own wide variety, wide variety of tastes, none of which have much in common with Indian curries. The curries you find in Chinese restaurants have another range of distinctive differences. Totally different. There are even American curries. These, interestingly, even are the ones so. most likely to use curry powder. Yeah. Those who love curry know that it's habit-forming. There is not merely this is not merely because we like the flavor. There's scientific evidence that the spices in curry are literally addictive. It's a very seems to be. It's a very benign addiction. However, the spices in curry all seem to be good for you. They certainly taste good. And then your edible dictionary is fenugreek. Fenugreek. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's another one of those herbs that turn up for only one use. But but I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm looking around for something, and I'll bet you there are a few people listening right now who know the answer to this. This is a curry 
you know, there's different colors. You can go and get a green curry. You can get a yellow curry. You can get a red curry. This one is kind of a, a, a funny shade of orange. It's my favorite. Is this of a them Thai all. curry? It is a Thai curry, uh, but uh-huh. the comp- the people who make it live on pretty good size islands just off the southeast uh, part of Thailand. Uh, Thailand. Indonesian. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we could only figure out what that. <laughs> somebody bring us a globe, please. Somebody will know. <laughs> And we will get or call up. That's so much easier. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. I can't help you with these exotic things well, I like can't curries. Help Tom. I know uh, these exotic things like curries, Tom. I don't really know. Uh, I know that there. I know pretty much everything that you just wrote, but beyond that, I can't help you. I'm not a a curry head, and there are people who are. Well, you know, that's the way it goes. But uh, I'm going to find this out before this show is over because I can tell you that of all the the uh, curries from that part of the world, in near India, uh, in that part of the world. It sounds like you're talking about Thai food. It is Thai food. Okay. I am talking about it. But the, uh, we, we seem to be having trouble to remember one particular flavor of it. And if you know what I'm talking about. Yes, for heaven's sake, please. I can't help Tom. So if you know uh, about Thai curries and can remember whatever it is that he's trying to think of, give us a call. 260-6368 is the number. Moving on past curries. Let's see what else is in the almanac today. Today in 1990, Campbell's produced the 20 billionth can of tomato soup. Do you think you mean that literally? I mean, what? I think it could be that they have served over, uh, sold over 20 billion cans of soup. I think that's possible. Oh, I, I think that's absolutely possible. I think that's absolutely possible. possible. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, its original canned tomato soup is more useful as an additive than on its own. I don't know. I think people eat a lot of tomato soup on its own. I like tomato soup sometimes at restaurants, but I find that tomato soup is almost exactly a tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. What's the difference in a tomato soup and a tomato sauce? Well, let's see. You would have tomato in one and not the other, probably. You would have... No, uh, you would have a tomato in both. Well, you you, uh, you might not have it done to a certain degree. Or no, I think that a tomato sauce a is thicker than a tomato soup, and that's probably the only difference. Do you think? Uh, it Yeah, sure. That's... Um, that's certainly part of it. And it was like 100% tomato when when that business, Campbell Company, they started out as selling, uh, as their main stock and trade was canned tomatoes. And then the, the, the uh, all of the, the other things that they started making, especially the... Cream uh, of the, mushroom. The, the uh, rush, yeah, and restaurants and places like that. And in your home, you know, and all of that was around. And, uh, and you know, it's still there. And you know who is telling you it's um, it's good? Or? Mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm, good. That's yeah. right. Kids. No. Oh. <laughs> Arthur Godfrey. You're close. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, oh. So Strom, what the guy? Del Charbet. Del Charbet. Del Charbet. That's it. Del Charbet. We got one. 
<laughs> Thank you, Mike. Is, did you say Mike? <clears throat> bless you, Mike. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Right. Greg, bless you. Okay, Fred. Fred, Fred come on in. Are okay. you are you thinking of Panang Curry? That's Panang, Panang, Panang that's Curry. exactly right. Thank, Thank you, you I, Fred, from I the bottom knew, of my heart. No I, prizes. I that's, knew we would get that's somebody. That's my favorite who, curry. With, hey, it's you, his favorite you, curry. You know, he there's said. a there's a, a restaurant, a pretty much a Thai restaurant, on the edge of the Lakeside Mall. And they had been across the lake, and then they moved to Metairie, and, uh, and they, they're still there as far as I know. It's, I want to say the Olympic or something. The like Equator? The Equator, Equator. Yes, Equator. You know, yeah. They're very good. I, their food's very good, but I find they don't spice their food enough, well, you can which always is tell them odd to put more for a Thai there. restaurant. Yeah. Do you like Thai I, food? I, I think you do. And it, and it comes out mild. No, wait. Mm. Before There's you a get new away from it, tell, me, tell me the name of that. Uh, equator, the equator. So you're one of these people, equator. Fred, who go in and order the hot tie, and it's not hot uh, enough. No, 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 no. I've never ordered Thai hot because I've tried someone Ooh, else's Thai hot be. at another <laughs> restaurant, and wait. I know I don't shouldn't go there. Don't, but don't run away. There's another Thai restaurant I just noticed. In Bucktown, have you heard of a new Thai restaurant? Mama in Thai uh, on Lake a on Lake yeah. Avenue. Yeah, yeah, Mama Thai. Yes, know anything about it? Uh, only that it's about the fifteenth restaurant to be in that location, but that has nothing. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard uh, great things about it. I haven't heard bad things about it. I heard that it's kind of just ordinary. I've not been. Neither has Tom, but um. When I saw Mama Thai, I was wondering if that was Mama Thai from La Thai and from, uh, what was the name of that? Um, uh, no, no, no. Thai, the Thai restaurant that started the whole thing in New Orleans. Oh. That later became La Thai. Yeah, it was an unusual. Uh, oh, gosh. Name. I'm not going to I'm not going to remember that. But it was on Metairie Road. And it was, um, it was, oh, Thai Cajun, the Cajun Thai place. Oh, come on, somebody help. The Cajun yeah. Thai. Um, I know the place you mentioned, and I, the saltiest meal I ever received was from that restaurant. So you like Thai food. Evidently, you seek out Thai food. Yes, and uh, do you know where the best Thai restaurant in Louisiana is? No. No, what do you? Uh, you, if ever you're in Lafayette, it's oh, Pimon Thai. What's Pimon it called? Pimon Thai. I just, I've tried five or six places in New Orleans, and I've had some good, good restaurants, but none compare. Okay. Uh, just, yeah. You know, uh, typically. Uh, is it on Johnson uh, like everything by, else? Uh, owned by an Anglo-American who married a Thai woman who does all the cooking and you know, knows how to cook, and it's just a great place. Okay. It's on Johnston Street in Lafayette. What? So I said it's got to be on Johnston because everything's on Johnston. Yeah, everything's on Johnston. Or, or right off Johnston. You know yeah. who's there and you wouldn't think so? Drago. Yeah, yeah. In Lafayette now? There. The, the Drago. No, huh. not a guy who's calling himself. Well, the Drago passed the away, Drago. but Drago's, you know, yeah. the restaurant, yes. 
Anyway, um, okay, well, we'll try it the next time we're in Lafayette. Are you there often? Uh, not anymore. I used to live there, but okay. I moved, right. I moved back home. Well, gosh, now you're going to have to find thing. a suitable replacement here, and you haven't found one yeah. for Thai food? Um, no, well, not really. I mean, there, we go to a couple of local places, go to Cafe Equator quite a bit, go to um, – I think it's called Siam. They changed names in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, veterans more towards Kenner. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Uh huh. But uh, and oh, you know what? So, uh, uh, I try different uh, places. One the, last uh, thing about the tomato soup. Doesn't tomato yes. soup have milk or cream in it? Only the cream soup. But most of the Campbell soup that is sold doesn't have anything like that in there. Nor in restaurants, oh, okay. generally speaking. Yeah. Okay. If it if it's huh. got cream, it becomes sort of like a rosa. But anyway, that's a that's a sauce. So okay. no. On that note, I'll leave you. Bye bye. Thank you very thank, much thank, for thank for you. saying thank that because Tom was gonna be wondering about that the whole show. WWL 105.3. Wait, what, Doug? Yeah. One of. 105.3 oh, inc- incidentally, uh, La Thai is uh, is is in the ownership chain of Mama Thai's. So right. yeah, uh, it started out on the West Bank as Mama Thai's, as a, if you right. matter, in the 70s, and then uh, moved over uptown, where right. it became La Thai. Now they moved right. from that uptown location by uh, Turo to uh, Bucktown. Old, uh, old Metairie. Uh, they they were but, for a, a good while. Doug, why uh, why do you say that there's a connection? Because we were told that Diane was Chauvin. Not a connection. Wait, what? Diane Chauvin Gale. Huh? Wait, wait a minute. She's back in the business. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's really good to know. Uh, then I totally stand corrected. So we maybe we'll call over there and uh, and settle this. Why don't you do that, Doug? See if she's over there at Mama Thai. Okay, please. Yeah, we'll go looking for her. <laughs> she likes me. She's a, WWL 105.3 FM HD2. We'll be back. Hello, welcome back. You uh, have gotten yourself onto the food show. And uh, we are uh, would love to hear from you about uh, eating, dining, rest- restaurants, and cooking, and the, the wines you have been getting, cocktails, you name it, and we cover the whole thing. 260-6368 is our telephone number. We've been talking for the last little while about Thai kitchens, which we do not talk about very often. Uh, I know we have gone long periods of time and never brought them up at all. Uh, and then what will happen is that all of a sudden there will be a, a surge of interest in Thai cooking, and then everybody can't get enough of it. Well, uh, whichever way you go, you're in pretty good shape. Thai cooking, for my money, is the best Asian food there is. I, I just love it, and there's so many different directions you can go out with. But um, we're lo- My Thai, that's the name of it, that we've been trying to figure out. My Thai was my thai, the original yeah. Thai restaurant in New Orleans. Before is that right? my time, but okay. anyway, go ahead. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, that probably is true. 2606368. Pani. Pani. Yeah, Mama. Yeah. Mama Thai is what they call her. And mm-hmm. even though it's not her restaurant, I was thinking that maybe she was back in the kitchen because she, they had moved to Latai after moving to Metairie. 
They moved to Latai uptown, mm-hmm. and then she sort of stepped away, and Diana and Mervyn, who is now over at Dick and Jenny's, he owns Dick and Jenny's uptown on Chapatulas, uh, but the kids kind of took it over, and Mama sort of stepped away from it. And then Diana got married, and they sold the restaurant, and Latai has now been replaced by Costera. And Mervyn has moved on to several places, Braza Grill in Metairie uh, being one of them, but now has Dick and Jenny's his own self and is not doing Thai food, but is doing New Orleans kinds of classic food. And uh, Diane, I thought, just got out of the business because she got married to a weatherman from Channel 4 and they Uh, had kids or kid or kids. And I thought she was out of the business. And I surely thought Mama was out of the business. But it looks like there is actually a connection. Uh, So so that's good news for that place. And and, and that's uh, what everybody called her to, Mama's. Yeah. Uh, And everybody loved her, and she would come in there and make things happen right and left. But, I mean, think about that. That long ago, to be introducing an exotic cuisine like that to a place like New Orleans. I mean, we're talking about the early 80s, 70s, 80s. And, uh, I mean, that was just so just beyond comprehension, really, you know. I mean, you knew about it because you were so into food. But for the most part, that would be something that would... Boy, you know, when I can tell you this, like me. When, <laughs> ahead, when people found out about Thai food or even Vietnamese food and all the rest of those. Well, that's sort of the, the 21st century version it, of that. They swooped in from wherever they came they from and, and let's eat. And they did. It, 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 was, it made a big deal. But we, we moved uh, to the North Shore uh, around 70. 90, 30 years ago. Yeah. Just and, 30 years ago, and, 1990. And it was just then when all of those unusual ethnic restaurants f- popped open all over the place on the North Shore. And uh, it was uh, a paradise for those of us who liked to eat that kind of food. And I don't know how you could not like it because it was so and still is so good. Thai, Thai Very cooking. healthy for you, too. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but we remember, have an unusual... Uh, number of restaurants already. on the North Shore. We do uh, for the for the population. It's kind of astonishing how many Thai restaurants there are, and and I just wonder about that. Is that like a family connection that there are so many Thai uh, people, or you know, Thai families, or generations of Thai families who live over here? I remember when Thai Spice was on both sides of Causeway Boulevard and Ricky, who used to find very entertaining, had a place. And then his sister had one right across the street. And there just seems to be no end to the proliferation of Thai restaurants, particularly on the North Shore. Anyway, 2606368, if you would like to chat, we really had no intention of getting off on Thai restaurants to this extent. But... Today is National Curry Day, and uh, that's how we started. And, and if anything, you have got to have surmised that the food show is a long and winding road, and who knows where it ends up, that's for sure. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. We are talking about whatever it is that you would like to talk about. We had a little thing about curry, and uh, the reason we got off on Thai restaurants, if you're just joining us, is that... Um, Tom mentioned that there were several different kinds of curries, 
the Chinese version, the Thai version, the Indian version, and even an American version, which interestingly enough is kind of the only one that actually has curry powder in it. Ooh, boy, you want to get uh, a, a, a chef from that part of the world going. Mention then to, uh, of or, or any kind of mixed seasoning. They think that's the dumbest, worst thing on earth. So What, to mix curries or curry to powder, mix spices? Because cur- cur- it's all about a mixture of spices, isn't it? Yes, it is. But, but uh, curry uh, as, as a mixture yeah. of different kinds of uh, seasonings, the, the, the real professionals, and you don't even have to be that deeply into be a, being a professional, uh, they will take one look at that and say, well, that's garbage. I mean, it, no, really, it's uh, it's totally garbage, and you wouldn't want want to give this to anybody who you like. Okay. And yeah. uh, so, uh, and to a great extent, it's true, especially if you're talking to Indian uh, uh, restaurant owners. They'll tell you, "What? You, what kind of mix do we use? We don't. We we throw you uh, throw you something at it. Not really, but." Uh, but it is something they feel very strongly, and uh, so you have to be ready to handle it. Yeah. Well, Tom, it looks like your entire, uh, your almost your entire almanac has to do with curry. So uh, well, trying well. to move away from that topic is not going to uh, work all that well. Well, we'll see. You do have in 19, I should say 1777, Vermont declared its independence from the mm. British colonies, but also from New York, and uh, under the name of New Connecticut. And of course, you talk about the maple syrup in Vermont, but also about maple Vermont syrup. cheddar, which I think, I don't know, I was about to say might be the best out there. But you know, I just love cheddar cheese in all iterations. I'm thinking that this as, is a, as I'm about. Again. No, no, no. No, oh, as about you. well, you know what, Tom? We talked about hamburgers yesterday, and you were the one who started it. So yeah, wasn't you I? might be doing that again with mac and cheese? But yeah. I'm not talking about mac and cheese. Um, I'm talking about cheddar, and I'm thinking about places in the United States that put out a cheddar, and that there's a lot of great cheddar out there. So yes, Vermont has incredible cheddar, particularly their white cabot cheddar. And um but there's but there's also great Wisconsin cheddars that are yellow. And uh I think the Maytag cheddar is really good. Hmm. The Maytag from, in case from, you're you're wondering what could that be? Is this a candy that they or a, a cheese that they wash in a, a washing machine with, with <laughs> With a name like that. I don't think so. Uh, actually, it is what they do. Well, no, Tom, they don't wash it in a washing machine, but it's the same family. Yeah. Uh-huh. For people who are well, wondering if short, it is the same family, it is that. the same family, yes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, across all of... Uh, I. Um, but, you know, it doesn't... Yeah. It, they have a great white cheddar, and um, that is... That's in Iowa, so that whole Midwestern area is good for cheddar. Also, I think my, f- well, I don't know. I don't know. Is the Beecher flagship cheese a cheddar? It seems like it is, and that comes out of Washington State. So there's great cheddar everywhere, but um, the Vermont co-op of Cabot, which is that, right, Tom? It's a, it's a co-op of farmers 
that put mm-hmm. out the Cabot cheddar. On the west side of Iowa. No, no, Vermont. Vermont cheddar. Um, I remember the first time well, we ever tried it. it uh, the the company sent you a box of a bunch of different, not varieties, because it was all white cheddar, but a bunch of different strengths of sharpness. And we had a lot of it. They sent a lot of it. And so I was trying to figure out, well, what we're, you know, what are we going to do with it? And even though we were eating a lot of mac and cheese at the time, we didn't really have an occasion to eat that much mac and cheese. So we kept it for a while and it kept fine in the refrigerator. And then uh, Thanksgiving came up and that was the first time we just decided to throw it all on the mac and cheese. And that was a long time ago. And since then, the mac and cheese in the Fitzmaurice house has never been made with a yellow cheddar since. What do we like? Green? What what kind do we like? (laughs) No, we like the white cheddar, Tom. The extra, you know, but I think that extra sharp cheddar is is good. Yeah. But there can Mm. be too much of a good thing. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if Mary Lee swears that the mac and cheese that we made at Thanksgiving with the white cheddar was the same kind of white cheddar, i.e. the same strength of sharpness that we've always used. And maybe it was just that it was such a large pile of it. Well, that's But I found it overpowering. Yeah. I think that when you're making mac and cheese, it's probably not a bad thing to use different strengths of, of sharpness and mix them, and and the flavor probably comes out a little bit better. Anyway, two six zero six three six eight is the number. We the were other thing. we were headed into cheese there for a minute. Yeah, and I, I you can never you can never get too far away from cheese for you're, me. You're probably right based on this. Uh, this was I, I figured as long as we started talking about it, we would keep on talking about it for a while. And there's a a place in Sonoma County. I'm trying to remember which small town it was, but they actually produced their cheeses right in the middle of town. And you would go over there, and you could watch all of the, the cheeses, all of the milks and cheems and cheems, and all those other things uh, that were in the places where they would push it back and forth, and it would it's get... probably a moving back into the city sort of thing. Hmm. Uh, I'm looking at the at the Maytag website, and they have just a chunk of white cheddar, and it looks really good. We used to well, get. Do you remember when we used to get Mary Lee? <laughs> wait a minute. This, this is this is so Fitzmorrissey. Fitzmorris. Um, for Christmas, yep. we would get Mary Lee a wheel of white cheddar. From Maytag. Well, that's a great uh, praise, wouldn't you say so? Well, it took a long time to eat it, and we wound up never really finishing it, which is why oh, we well. stopped doing it. But I think we did it a couple of years in a row, and it was excellent. It was just a, like a wheel of white cheddar. But I find it, I do find it interesting that Maytag, the appliance people, are also the cheese people. Hmm. Uh, if I may finish this up, uh, unless you have something yeah. to finish beyond. Uh, I went to this town that I mentioned a minute ago that was making cheese right there in the middle of the, the town. I'm, I'm not kidding. From scratch, that scratch, they were putting milk in there. Anyhow. Well, they did coffee from that, the middle of this oh, town. Oh, yeah, you sure. Know, you can do but, anything. But uh, we were uh, looking it over, 
And uh, it was all cut up. They were getting ready to put it in boxes or whatever. And then I saw something that sent a chill down my neck. And it <laughs> I'm was, sitting here waiting for it just like you folks. <laughs> and what it was is the town of Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa, California, in the Sonoma, so, uh, Sonoma, Sonoma Valley. Valley. And here it is. Santa Rosa cheese. In Santa Rosa, they had a radio station, 1350. <gasps> uh, 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 its frequency uh. was 1350. <laughs> and I wondered, here I am in California. Will I lose my job to this thing? Yeah. The answer was no. And why would you even think something like that? <laughs> But it was 1350, and we own that. Stop being too hasty. No, you don't. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Someone call me. Save me. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. As usual, we're just going off in all directions here with the food show, and quite frankly, it would be lovely to redirect. So, if you would like to call us about anything at all, believe me, because as you can see, we uh, we're just sort of we're all over the place. But but that's okay. You Just know, sort of freewheeling it here on the food show, as always. What, Tom? This is how you uh, learn about things. Is uh, you know, even if uh, you have all sorts of uh, goofy things come up, you know, it's it's a lot of fun and it makes life uh, much something. more interesting. It makes yeah. life something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, your anyway. turn. Two six zero six three six eight. I just sit here repeating that number, begging for anyone. To, to save me from from wherever it is that we're going next, because you just never really know where you're going next. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. about right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we had um, all the curries in the world that we were talking about, yeah, all the Chinese curries, mm-hmm. all the Thai curries, all of the Indian curries. If you had your choice between those curries, Tom, what mm-hmm. would you prefer? I would get that Penang version. Really? That's your favorite, too? Because oh. you were really high on Indian curries uh, oh, for a while. Oh, Lordy. That Do you remember was... that Indian place that in the space that is now Andy's Bistro? Do you remember the name of that Indian place? What was that? Uh, that was a Chinese place. Uh, no. no, no, I'm sorry. It was... No, it was a Korean no, no. place right before Andy's. But before that, it was an Indian place, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean, I knew there was a an iteration of restaurant. That was Indian cuisine yeah. in that space a long time ago. What was the name of it? Do you remember? Uh, it was something, the King something or other. King of uh, Siam? No. No, I don't think it was that. But there was a there was a, a, a royal kind of thing involved in it some kind of way. I, I, I thought I, it was India something. It is India. No, no, no. It, I thought it was like maybe the India house or just like something like that. Just It had the name India in it. If anyone remembers it, uh, we only have two minutes, but give us a call, 260-6368. Um, you loved that restaurant. It was very good. And I remembered there were actually – I mean, I thought that all the restaurants that were in that space before Andy's – we're good. There wasn't oh, any gosh. real reason that they should have gone out of business. I don't. I don't well, know. Well, let's see. They had Archie Manning, yeah, uh, who was one of the owners, and then there was there was another Archie Saint, and Danny's, then Romanoffs. Archie, that's right. And then they had, I think, another couple like that. 
Uh, and they had the Indian place, whose name I can't remember. Mm-hmm. We did an eat club dinner there once. And then they had kimchi, and then they had the uh, Sid Mars. Poor Sid Mars. Where's Sid Mars? Do you I remember can't, I, Sid Mars? No, they did a brief a stint in that location. You know, it's it's sad because these were restaurants that were. I remember sitting out in, in the back mound. It wasn't really a patio. It was like a grassy knoll out back at Sid Mars pre-Katrina. And they had picnic tables out there. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. I do. Right down the street from Brenning's The House, not the restaurant. I mean, it's so hard to picture the old Bucktown with the bridge there Yeah. The before Katrina because it's so different now. But for people who were not here um, until after Katrina, there was behind what is now Station 6 a road alongside that canal, and it was ramshackle houses and a restaurant or two ending in, uh, we have to, yeah, we have to take a break, ending in the Brunings family home from, what, 100 years before. We'll come back and talk after the top of the hour news, 260-6368. If you want to join us, you're listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. That's true. All of it, every single. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.